We got our libations this episode. Definitely do. I'm on three. You saw in your first. Yeah, but you got the little coolers. Alright, I wasn't trying to let that be known. Listen, ain't nothing wrong with coolers. Some things are delicious. I know. Sometimes you just gotta chill out. Yeah, like you right? don't need to you know? Yeah, I got a little Merlot over here. I'm, I'm so, a man. You know, I would say this is um, what, like about 14%. So I think you're on the same wavelength as me since you've had three. But welcome back to the BZ podcast. You, 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 you. <laughs> this is Britt here with Zay. Yay. So Ew. let's get started. I mean, normally we don't drink while we're recording, but at, like, fuck it at this point. What? What? I feel like we need it. I, I, I feel I, like I, I, that's I been like the kind of thing. This feels appropriate at this point. We need libations to get through this moment of time. I mean, okay, so currently Atlanta is setting. Well, <laughs> sorry, they didn't set it on fire, but uh, their emotions are all full of rage right now in Atlanta um, over they're protesting over another cop killing of Rayshard Brooks. Um <laughs> Rest in peace. Yes, he was gunned down in a Wendy's parking lot. And pretty much as the story goes is he was found sleeping in his car. Somebody called the police because he's a threat. I think they said that they he had a gun in his lap. I think that's what I read. Well, we always either have guns way, somehow. Whether he had a gun or not, either way, the police pulled him out. You can tell that he's had a few drinks. You know, and he was just saying, basically, like, I live right down the street. Can I just, like, walk home? You know, I don't even need to get in the car. You know what I mean? Like, I'll just Mm -hmm. walk home. You know, we just call it whatever. And he was being cooperative. They asked him if he wanted to do a breathalyzer. He can say that he doesn't want to, but he probably didn't know that. I didn't even know that you could deny it, a breathalyzer test. But Um, I thought they bring you in. Yeah, it's like they'll take you to, like, the emergency room. It's like a whole thing. But I don't know if that applies to black people. I don't know if they'll give us that liberty. So mm-hmm. um, he agrees to do the breathalyzer when there's two officers there. When the one officer went to go get the breathalyzer uh, machine, you know, he was talking with other officers saying, you know, I know you're just doing your job. Da da da. They give him the breathalyzer test. Um, they see that he is intoxicated. And then um, I from the clips I saw, I saw two separate clips. I saw the clip of what happened beforehand, and then I saw another clip of them at the actual altercation. Um, so I guess they were trying to arrest him. He was resisting, um, of course, terrified, I'm sure. He reached mm-hmm. for the officer's taser gun, and I think he got a hold of it at one point, and he started running away. Um, so one officer's running behind him shooting the taser. And then the other officer runs up firing at him. What? He has a taser. Mm-hmm. He has a fucking taser. It's not going to kill anyone. Now, did he, I, I didn't watch the entire video, but did he turn around and this is not to justify him getting killed or anything. No. But did he point Mm-mm. the taser at anybody? Running. That's I, what I thought I happened. didn't see it. No, I mean, he did. He grabbed the taser, you know what I mean? And he had it and was pointing it and then started running. Okay. So while he's running, the other officer was shooting at him with the taser. I guess um, he must have took the officer who had the guns taser. And then okay. the other officer that had the taser still was running <clears throat> behind him with the taser. And then the officer without his taser anymore shot him. So and then a woman, the woman that was recording it was in the car with her children because she was like, oh, shit, recording. And all of a sudden she had the shot. She's like, oh, my God, we have kids here. Like, mm-hmm. it's just so ridiculous. I saw another video 
um, on my timeline and it was these officers wrestling around like crazy with this drunken man. His pants are falling off his ass. His dick's probably hanging out. Like it was just nasty. You know what I mean? Like they're rub- they're rumbling and tussling all over the ground. The guy gets uh-huh. one of the officers baton. He's hitting them and shit. He gets up, ends up stealing the police car. Not one shot's fired. And I'm like, they don't find that disgusting. Like, they're willing to roll around on the ground with this dude, dick out, ass out, <laughs> willing to roll, roll around with him. But the thought, you know what I mean, of a black person coming a foot within them or even running away is just like, oh, my God. Use excessive force instantly. I don't, I don't understand it. But so, yeah, so Atlanta is tearing up shit. Um, they, they fired the, the chief of police, I believe. And then those officers, one was put on administrative leave, the other was fired. Nobody's been arrested, of course. Um, and then they showed the Wendy's that, you know, where um, he where he got shot. They they showed the Wendy's got burnt down. Now there's uh-huh. a video that's out that shows a white girl setting the fire. Here. And a black, I think a black guy narrating saying we didn't do that shit. Yeah. I was like, here we, here we go again. OK. Um, starting this shit up again. So along with that, and the reason why I needed to go pour a glass of wine is another man has been found hung in California. Second one um, within, I would say a week, but it's really within two weeks, um, just how the days lie. But um, they're saying they're ruling them both as suicides. Um, this is a slap in the face. Yeah. And they were found within 50 miles of each other. So how can both of these men been found hung from trees within 50 miles of each other? You don't think that's suspicious? It's ridiculous. Um, mm. And a fucking suicide. Now, the, the first young man, um, his name is Robert Fuller. He was found hung right outside City Hall. And they're telling the family that there's no surveillance. Even the traffic um, cameras can't see right there. How the fuck outside of city halls are no cameras? Stop it. Unless they know that's where they travel, that, that there's no cameras in that specific spot. Like, I don't put anything past anybody anymore. I'm just anymore, like, you know? in the age I, of I Big don't. Brother, I just... <laughs> it's, it's hard to believe. It's hard yeah, to believe. Yeah, it's hard but to again... believe. But even still, Isaiah, like, even still, there's footage of him, If just let's just say... He hung himself. Mm. There's footage of him walking there. You know what I mean? There's footage of there's something. So it's like, stop. And then the other man who was found hung, um, he's a little bit older. His name is, um, what is his name? Shoot. This is a shame. Like there's so many people. I can't even keep up with all the names now. Um, his name is Malcolm Harsh. Um, his family is in Ohio. They weren't even contacted. Um, they found out from like a friend. So when they Jeez. called the police, the county, um, they were like, oh, we tried to reach out. We couldn't get a hold of anyone. And then they said that they looked at the, the record of cases that were submitted of, you know, things that happened. They said that his case wasn't even found. And there was stuff reported that happened after he was found dead that were reported. But for some reason, his instance wasn't reported so it's, it's i'm not i'm just not surprised we saw the uh the paperwork that came out for brianna taylor right did you see that paperwork i did not what does this oh my god um it's not what it said it's the lack of what it said okay the paperwork was empty 
Mm-hmm. Like there was barely any information on it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, this is how you all are filing these. Uh, this is how you're recording the incidents. Mm-hmm. There's no information on this paperwork. Somebody was killed. I think it went as far to say that, like, it didn't even say she was shot. Mm. It's it's so disappointing. You know, I'm yeah. sorry. I didn't want to cut you off. No, you're fine. Um, I'm just like they have a Breonna Taylor law now. How? Oh, yeah. How? Yeah. When her killers still haven't even been convicted. Mm-hmm. arrested nothing but we have a law for her that that doesn't make anything better that should be a prime example to let y'all know that like whatever legislation you that, that you see pass it doesn't mean shit it's fluff mm-hmm. it's to the appease the masses like it's we need actionable items right and we need to see them follow through like even that bill you know when everybody was wearing the kente cloth don't get me started jesus christ um that bill if you read that bill half of the shit that's in that bill is something that's already written down in law Mm -hmm. so what y'all just gonna start enforcing it for real now no we're serious (laughs) now oh god the kente cloth such a disrespect (laughs) i just who like who was the first i wonder whose idea that was and like why did no one stop them i don't understand um i have a question hmm. um is that not cultural appropriation I mean, it, it, is this it is on so many levels, though, because <laughs> let's start with number one. Kente cloth is Ghanaian. It's from Ghana. Uh-huh. So how how does that belong to us? How does that belong to African-American people? It's, it's tone deaf. yo. They have no idea what they're doing. Like, they're scrambling. I don't like, get this it. Sh- like, for, Isaiah, we're American. Why the fuck? Are you exactly? I don't get it. We're American. So for you to think that putting on kente cloth is a way to think that you're bridging the gap shows how delusional you are. It makes no fucking sense. And it Mm. also shows that you think that we are other. We are the fucking same. We built this goddamn country. And you want to get you want to just get a for you for them. Just a random African cloth. They probably don't even know it's from Ghana. And yes, we have worn kente cloth. You know what I'm saying? Mm hmm. But that doesn't mean it's ours. Yeah, like like you you. This is an SNL sketch. It's oh my gosh. Like this is this is straight parody at this point. And it's um, just disrespectful. Like I just I don't get it. Like that's how that's how they think of us. All right, let's throw mm-hmm. a little kente cloth. You know, we gonna secure this vote. Like meanwhile, y'all let this shit rock for how long? All this unjust stuff has been rocking out for mad long. Stop it. That's funny. I came across um, a post. I think I shared it with you. And it was uh, showing like pretty much the Democrats, the, the years they have been in service in politics. Mm-hmm. And it was like 57 years, 41 years, like oh, everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. And then on the other side of it, it said it said all these years and you want to blame this guy. And it, it was saying Trump mm-hmm. for. um. After being in the office for three years for all the shit that you're seeing now. Right. Now, this is in no way to cape for Trump, but you can't ignore that fact. These are people that are that are career politicians mm-hmm. and we have not seen change. Mm-hmm. So you have to start questioning the, the norm that's been followed. Yeah. And like. <laughs> I saw another post and it said the same people that were kneeling are the same folks that supported that crime bill back in the 90s. Exactly. Same, so, same, same. Same, Same motherfuckers that are still there. And the, 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 the other thing, too, that's a little, like, disheartening are the, the black people that are within these, you know, rooms and whatever mm-hmm. that aren't 
and you know what I mean? Like you need to help uplift pe- younger people and put them into the positions. Like get out. Um, you've been there long enough. It's time to move. Yeah, yeah like yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. in touch anymore. You need mm-hmm. to. You need to mentor. You do not need to hold that position anymore. Leave. You need new. We, we need new ideas. Leave. We need fresher minds and new ideas. Fucking leave. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, with but, Trump. Back to Trump. Like, I'm gonna try not to yell this whole episode. I feel like I've been yelling for the past ten minutes. Um, <laughs> you good? Uh, I'm just annoyed. So um, I'll turn you down in the post edit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, but, like, Trump, of course, made, you know, he just makes it, I guess, makes people feel okay to be very vocal with their racism. Mm -hmm. That's the only difference. It's always been here. And it's always been happening, you know. It just hasn't been, you know, flaunted (laughs) on TV like this in a very, very, very long time. I just feel like it's been bubbling underneath for the longest. And people have just been carrying on with their lives. We see it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean, like there's 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 definitely people in the population that see it. But I think people it, it's uncomfortable conversation that people avoid. And now mm-hmm. it's reached like a fever pitch. Right. And um, you can't contain it no more. The right. veil is coming up. We're yeah. seeing the bullshit. Mm-hmm. And people I mean, it's nearing now almost 20 days. I guess this week, if we continue to protest every single day, we're going to reach 20 days of nonstop mm. protesting so once again thank you to everyone out there um using your voice sacrificing your time and your body um because you just never know what's going to happen so thank you to everyone that is continuing to go out there and do the work shout um, out to the young folk man mm-hmm. shout out to the young people that you know the 20 year olds the the 18 the I don't know, 23 year olds <laughs> that are out there repeatedly like they have the energy to do this. Mm-hmm. If you look back in history, it's that age group. Yeah. You know, what I mean, it's that age group that are really active. So shout y'all out. Y'all, yeah, y'all, y'all are really doing the business. Mm-hmm. But also thank you to other people that are older yeah. that are there helping guide and mentor, um, you know, people and trying to figure out an organized effort. Um, but yeah. Um, did you have a chance to watch the whole uh, Dave Chappelle? Yeah, it was only eight forty six special. Like Twenty seven minutes. I know. <laughs> I'm phrasing it like no, you know, no. You were, were like, did you have a chance to show. watch it? Like it was long. <laughs> we're show. It was over that was like so the cool quickly. Way to say it. I was like, damn it. I know we wanted more, right? Damn it. Look, like, meanwhile, yeah. meanwhile, this whole shtick was like, I don't want to say nothing about it. We're like, no, but we want more. <laughs> yeah, right. I think Dave Chappelle. You know, I often would ask the question like, where are the leaders at? And I don't think they're as designated as they used to be. But Dave Chappelle is definitely a voice that, like, I personally want to hear. Everyone does. Everyone hangs on to his every word. Yeah. Everyone. Um, I think he does such a good job. (laughs) Exactly. Right. He does such a good job of um, capturing the moment and, and, and eloquently explaining himself. That you can in a, in a relatable way. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I thought it was great. I didn't. I don't. I don't look to him to laugh every time. Mm-hmm. I no, want right. insightful yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right. He was just talking. Um, there was a few jokes in there, but for the most part, it wasn't funny. It yeah. was just. I think it's just nice too, just seeing a celebrity, someone of his, you know, stature, just be human. You know what I mean? And just say everything Mm -hmm. that we're saying too you know just showing you know that he's fucking pissed off too and Mm -hmm. i I also like he kind of he kind of dispelled the you know i mean just because i'm quiet doesn't mean i'm not in alliance Mm -hmm. he kind of 
you know, amplified by his silence. He He's thinking he's amplifying the voices that are out there mm-hmm. on the streets doing the work. And I think a lot of times we get so caught up, like we need celebrity to say this. We need this celebrity. Why isn't this celebrity like, no, how about you just say it at the ground level? Because that's where these things start. These things start from the ground level. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good to have that platform speak, but um, we can't wait on it. No, you know I, I, mean? I understand his perspective now i don't follow dave Chappelle online so i don't see like everything he posts he or post. doesn't he post don't. yeah like i don't know if he's like a super active person that posts a lot so you said that he doesn't really post a lot so it's like no. okay now i don't say that we look for celebrity to say something but i still feel like people should say something you don't gotta mm-hmm. be a huge advocate and you know starting a movement and like you know like ice cubes going ham right now like you don't need to be yeah, like you saw that post i posted the other day probably he posts a yeah. lot um he he's really into it and good for him you know so i don't feel like everyone needs to be like that you know what i'm saying but like for instance i follow someone and like that's a celebrity and they haven't said nothing at all mm-hmm. and i'm just like mm. and his primary fan base is white which is why i'm also like mm. side eye side people eye like are shit. yeah people are trying to protect their brands mm-hmm. uh-huh they see the splits they got the data they know who's <laughs> buying and who's not Mm-mm-mm. you know need as sad as it is it's it's the reality of the situation yeah but I, I thoroughly enjoyed that special. If you haven't yeah. seen it, please go watch it. I know you probably have by the time this, this gets released, but um, it's good. I was also telling people to watch 13. I mean, yeah, the it's, Netflix always, joint. it's always a good, a good you know, for a f- refresher. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's I just so much. You it. never, yeah, yeah, it's so much. It's always good to kind of get it fresh back in your mind. Back to Chappelle real quick. Like, I was talking to one of my friends, and he's the white guy. And he was saying to me, like, you know, I I'm not okay with everything going on. You know what I mean? And of course, we've all seen the video. You know, we've seen everything going on. He was like, I literally have not cried about it until I heard Chappelle, like the way he described it. You Mm -hmm. know, it didn't hit me till then. And that's what I mean about people who hang on to his every word, like all races fucking love him and it's like for him you know what i mean to really show the true emotion of what we're feeling yeah to that audience which it looked like it was mostly white because you know his tickets is high as fuck oh, yeah i tried <laughs> you ever try to get it do you ever I, look I, in his tickets I glanced, and try to get i glanced and i said Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> swipe left right so for him to you know what i mean really put that emotion out there um it was i mean and him being an actor too you know he's able to bring it <laughs> so yeah, yeah you know it was it was really really good it was yeah it i think was it, was it was awesome. right on time mm-hmm. um so last week told y'all i was going to look into the history of policing in america and so I'm going to run you through the story, how this went. So <laughs> Here's a little I open, story now. <laughs> so I opened up my browser on my iPhone because I was at work at the time and I don't want them to see my search history. Turn and I private. get to search. <laughs> nah, nah, they don't got no incognito, oh, man. Okay. I'm behind the firewall. Oh, They're looking okay. at everything, bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why is Isaiah searching this? <laughs> we have a political statement. Uh, but... uh. So I get to search and I'm on my iPhone and I'm excited 
I'm like, let me get to the bottom of this. Mm-hmm. So I type in very generic mm-hmm. history of policing in America. Right. So I find this illustrated timeline of events. I'm guessed. And I admit I'm not like the biggest reader. So when I see pictures and text, I'm like, yes, it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna explain it better. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so I get to reading and it's giving me the whole uh the first New York Sheriff's Office is in 1626 and in 1635 Boston, yada, yada, yada. And then gave me the date when the first black people were were hired as police officers. And I just quickly realized this is not what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. So on the same search, I go down to the next link and I say, eh, that's not it either. Um, and then I forgot. I haven't been in the public school system in quite some time. And I know if I want to learn some shit, I can't learn it as it's presented. I have to be very specific in what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. So I had to type in the racial history of policing in America, because you're just going to get the cookie cutter shit. You're going to get the the rated G version of it. You're going to get whatever's easily palatable, because if you get this information too easily, it's going to make uncomfortable conversations happen. So in my search, that's my little spiel. In my search, I came across this YouTube channel called Cruel World Happy Mind. I know nothing about this YouTube channel, but I figured I w- uh, if I'm going to take some of their information, I got to shout them out. <laughs> so early in the 13 colonies, policing took two forms, informal and communal. One was called the watch and the other one was a uh, kind of like a private for profit called the big stick. Um, this lasted well after the American Revolutionary War. And by 1880, all American cities had a centralized police department. And Britt, if you remember anything I don't, please jump in. Well, I wanted to ask real quick. I mean, so why didn't they have that in the South? Because they had the slave patrol in the South. Yeah, I was going to get on to the slave patrol. But because- I'm saying, like, did they have what you just said in the South already? No, I think that the slave patrol was the was the South's version of that. Okay. But their version was very different. No, okay. And, uh, that's no that's all I wanted to know. All right. So Southern policing took a different form. The police organization in the South was called the Slave Patrol. Their three primary functions was to chase down runaway slaves, provide organized terror to discourage slaves from revolting. You know, there's always been that fear by racists that black people would come together and just start tearing shit up like we're doing right now following the civil war these vigilante style organizations shifted to control this is kind of like oh okay well then can i complain about them providing organized terror to deter yeah go jump in so it's like you're gonna make an assumption and keep poking the bear don't don't bite me don't don't make sure you don't bite me what Mm -hmm. like that's fucking idiotic they no, I'm just saying. I know they that. Know I'm wrong. just saying that's just idiotic. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's still the mentality today. Yep. <laughs> and that's what you're gonna find as I keep going through this information. A yeah. lot of the things are gonna be so indi- indicate. Ah, I've had too many of these drinks. So, following the Civil War, these style of organizations. <laughs> he had too many coolers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> way too many coolers. <laughs> that ice. Uh, 
following the Civil War, these vigilante-style groups shifted to control free slaves and enforce Jim Crow laws. If y'all don't know what Jim Crow laws are by now, y'all got to have to go ahead and look them up yourself. I'm not explaining that. All right. So as urbanization grew, mob violence towards African-Americans and immigrants increased. Public disorder was more visible, but there was no data showing that there was any increase in crime in cities. Mm -hmm. This means that modern policing was not created in the response to crime rather than disorder. So then you would have to ask yourself what disorder is. Right. (laughs) Who gets to to justify what it is? Exactly. Right. So the mercantile or merchantile uh, interests, pretty much the economic elites, uh, they needed a mechanism to ensure a stable and orderly workforce to maintain to what they called, in quotes, the collective good. They defined what disorder was at the time. So at the time where equality gap, where the equality gap was widening due to corruption and the economic power of elites, the working class did what any oppressed group would do. They protested. They exercised their constitutional right. With this being a threat to the power of the elites, they referred to these protests as rioting. Yeah, I mean, Does that sound familiar? Yeah, like why do, why do we need to pay <laughs> you a living wage? What? Oh, Jesus. Kill them. Safe Y'all working mad? conditions. Right? <laughs> God, ridiculous. Like, what do you mean you don't want to work for free? Right? So these so-called riots were really just a primitive form of a workers' union. Mm -hmm. So in response to these riots, the elites turned to the police force, which were already legally allowed to use force to maintain order. They, They just took them under the umbrella and started using them to enforce what what they called civil disobedience. Or public unrest, right? So this is another instance of like I want to call like a dual universe type thing, where to a portion of the population it looks like you're maintaining order and peace, but to a different population it looks like you're just being terrorist and an occupying force in our communities. Right. So hold on one second. Where was I at? Well, I wanted to say real quick, um, you know, they were saying the dangerous class. They are the ones who are. Yeah, the cause I'm about for to get the, to oh, it. OK, sign to mine. Nah, no problem. <laughs> uh, so the elites used the police force and they went on to coin the term dangerous classes, which was a, sorry, <laughs> right, I was right there. I'm sorry. Uh, no, nah, you're good. I'll just shut up. well pretty much this was used as an umbrella suggestion that you know public drunkenness crime hooliganism uh political protests workers riots riots again in quotes Mm -hmm. uh were the products of of biologically inferior immoral unskilled and uneducated class wait and then but real quick so they get all that right that's all that like defines what you know what i mean what like what deems them dangerous yeah. What what do we get? Good shit. Black. That's it. Black. That's all you need to know. We don't gotta <laughs> yeah. be drunk in public. We don't gotta be causing no you know, no no uproars. We don't gotta be protesting. None mm-hmm. of that. We're grouped with them. They they we just you know, get grouped as yeah, black and we're free. black. So mm-hmm. yeah, black and free. So that's just just a crime. Free. But them, they need to display all that. They need to be poor. They need to be, you know, outrageous mm-hmm. in the streets and just not wealthy, basically. Yeah, it's it's a class issue. It's definitely a class, class issue. Class issue just for so happens, them and for yeah, us, yeah. it's a race. It just issue so happens and that class. Yeah, it just so happens that we fall 
more times than not we and especially at that time we were in the lower class we are the lowest class i know yeah i'm just saying like we're the lowest so it's like we we're already the lowest class and of our skin color so we have two Mm. things against us so they identified crime uh to be associated with this one demographic that they called the 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 dangerous class with the idea that crime should be focused on bad individuals rather than the social and economic problems that produce crime. It's important to note that the police themselves did not invent this and some may not even be aware of it, but they're the ones seen on a daily basis enforcing these ideas. And by proxy, we, they're viewed as the militia that helps the rich get richer to keep the status quo of these elites. Mm-hmm. These elites need order. Yeah, you haven't been to traffic court? Mm-hmm. We talked about it on like two episodes ago. Bruh. Bruh. These police officers are like nothing more than like glorified revenue collectors. <laughs> if you go in the traffic court and you just see how much money mm-hmm. they're making off of these dumbass violations. Oh, you, you didn't have your, your such and such, your, your headlight. Mm-hmm. It's nuts, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So then we get into reactionary and preventative types of policing. So before the idea of a dangerous class, the police force was purely reactionary, a body that responded to specific crime acts. If you stole something, the police force would respond to you stealing something. So when the centralized police forces began to focus on the crime producing, quote again, dangerous class, the police shifted to a preventative crime control. This concept created uh, the police control that we know today. All those bullshit ass shits that ends up locking us up. Mm-hmm. Um, in the late 19th century, uh, uniz- un- unionization, <laughs> goddamn, unionization and civil unrest was widespread problem. The protests still got labeled as riots, and the use of force successfully confused the issue of workers' rights and the issues of crime. Pretty much, it's it's exactly what's happening right now. We they see protests, but they report it as riots, and now. The police are justified in coming in there with tear gas and knocking people over the head with uh, billy sticks. Somebody named Ladarius just cash at me $30. Ladarius? <laughs> I, I don't think it's supposed to go to me. Yeah, you better hurry up and, and transfer that shit to your bank account. Uh, no, I'll return it. Oh, you're nice. Yeah. I'd want somebody to do that for me. Yeah, return it and put BZ Podcast. Say, I'm returning this shit, but you better listen to the BZ podcast. (laughs) I'll see if I can um, send a message. (laughs) Oh, man, that's funny. Uh, Where was I at? Where was I at? Sorry. I know. I just threw you all off. No problem. Um, Ladarius. Thanks, Ladarius. 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 (laughs) All right. um, From that. I was just talking about uh, how they use the term rioting to confuse workers' rights Mm -hmm. to okay the use of force. So from that, at the time, 80% of all unrests were under public disorder because the workers were doing something unconstitutional and were deemed domestic terrorists. You know, this explains why nothing has been done or nothing was done when the MAGA, when the MAGA heads came up and were protesting to reopen the economy. Mm -hmm. Um, it puts law enforcement in this weird situation because this is not the demographic that we're supposed to be locking up. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? All of a sudden, the civil unrest is becoming is not coming from. They're not the, the dangerous, dangerous class. class. <laughs> exactly. So by the end of the 19th century, municipal police were by and large engulfed into political affairs. The main source of crime at the time was actually the political machine. It was the elites. They were doing all the crime. Uh, the public at the time had enough and demanded reform. So investigative commissions looked into police and found corruption and extortion and all the list of things that the higher ups be doing. Mm -hmm. But the issue with the investigative commission is that they're only meant to inform the public. They are not put in place to enforce the change. So once the public is informed by the commission, the commission gets disbanded and there's nobody holding police asses to the fire and making sure this doesn't happen again. Mm -hmm. So that kind of explains why these issues seem like they run in a cycle. Right. You know, they'll have internal investigations happen and we find out all this corruption and then the people involved might have been might have been um, dealt with or fired, if that, you know. Mm-hmm. but we run into the same shit again. It's because there's nothing really put in place to address the actual problems. You're not going for the head. You're going for the symptoms of the issue. You're not killing the virus, right? Mm-hmm. The introduction of professionalism by O.W. Wilson. He released a book called Police Administration, That's which served as, bag. right? <laughs> which served as, served as the blueprint for, quote, uh, professionalizing the police force, which put more of an emphasis on militarizing the police force, causing greater tension in the community. This is where you get those police follow this police policies stop and frisk, where we feel like our rights like, are who being. Who the fuck is he? Y'all gonna take O.W. Wilson? Right? Like, that's like fucking Scientology. They made a whole religion right. off a goddamn book. Ooh, that's right? like ooh, that's like the Christian church. Let me shut up. All right, so any oh. Tune in next time. (laughs) (laughs) So with the introduction of professionalism based on that book, these procedures not only isolated police from the public, but it also isolated them for their own police force, which is why good police never say anything. There's no way a police officer can invoke change in that system. Well, did you see? I don't know if it was on the same video that you're speaking about. Where it's showing a clip of the one officer saying why good cops aren't normally heard because as soon as they try to report something, like either they're let go or they're, you know, they start getting random reports written up on them. Yeah, Yeah, intimidated. intimidated. Mm -hmm. Investigations are launched into them, but not on the the whistle. People that got reported. (laughs) Exactly. So police officers really have less say over reform. Only major changes that's happened is layoffs and benefit rollback. So, like, the only changes that have gone from then since now really just demonize police officers that kind of speak up. Mm-hmm. Politicians in the media blame the police for, for city financial troubles, even though the financial troubles are caused by larger social economic system. So a lot of the times they're trying to balance the books by bringing in more people for traffic violations, this, that, and the third. Mm-hmm. I mean, along with their quota to fill up prison beds. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so there's four issues. Police officers really having no say in reform. There's a disconnect between the public and the police force. Uh, the practice against civil disorder instead of crime itself is still the underlying basis of uh, policing. And uh, dangerous classes are still the cause of crime. I say that in quotes. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that sarcastically. Um, there is little evidence to suggest that policing 
has a effect on crime. Right. The history of policing in the U.S. is defined by economics and politics and really have nothing to do with fight crime. So experts say that until police take responsibility for the way they are received in these communities, um, until they are trained to uh, address racial bias, until they are trained to avoid situations that can cause them to use force as best as they can, it's never going to get addressed. Well, yeah, that's like from that video. She showed a clip of this woman having a TED talk. And she said what Isaiah just said, that, you know, police use evidence to solve crimes so they can use evidence to prevent it as well. You know, and mm-hmm. like they said that police do not have an effect on crime at all. It's just all reactionary, like you said. Um, but speaking on bias, there is another video by Dr. DeGruy. I think I'm saying her name right or DeGruy. I'm not sure. But anyway, she did a talk. um a man who used to be on the police force and he's been advocating for a long time. It's like his, um, it's like black people against, not against police, but for police reform, something like that. It's like police officers. They made like a little union of their own basically, Uh you know, to call out injustices. Uh, so she had a discussion with him, which was really interesting. And, um, her daughter was also on there too. Her daughter's a grown woman. Her daughter was on there as well. Um, and they were speaking about bias and police training and things like that. And um, she said again, her like she's read different clinical studies where they have the tools to, you know, judge bias. So it's like all these officers should receive bias training, especially before they are placed in black communities. It's all mm. there. You know what I mean? And um, her daughter was mentioning, like, even with the use of virtual reality nowadays, that can be used as well in bias training to put these off, like, well, future officers into uh, different scenarios where you can see how they react. So you can really be able to judge their bias. I mean, if Mm -hmm. we think about it, there's a lot of white people that are not around black people on the regular you know, mm-hmm. who like there may be even some white people who never even touched a black person, you know, but it's like for us, we're around white people all the time. You know, there are doctors, our dentists are, you know, we go to the bank. It's white, like we're always around them. But white people often have the choice to not be around black people. We don't have that choice. Mm-hmm. We're always going to be around white people. So uh, for them to be in these positions where they're supposed to be policing these neighborhoods and they're terrified i say that in quotations you know because they think that we are some sort of other or subhuman you know what i mean and they they always use that excuse if they were terrified they were terrified when Mm -hmm. more oftentimes we're super gentle people we're very loving people (laughs) for the most part but when you go based off of assumptions you know and random fears that you made up in your mind um of course you're going to be acting that way so i thought that was really interesting um implementing virtual reality along with bias training um just to see how different people react and it's like even if you have those biases it's not to say like because i won't say that it's like not say that you're like a bad person you know what i mean Mm -hmm. because that's just maybe how you were brought up so you just naturally have these we all have biases but um the, the the main thing is to recognize it and to be able to get additional training if you do fall into that category of having say extreme bias or certain biases towards a certain group of people you know Mm -hmm. and this could spread you know black people it can spread to all different types you can do against immigrants you know the lgbtq community 
you can have this bias training for ev- all different types of groups that the police will be encountering. I mean, even homeless, mm. you know, mental, like all that stuff. So it's like they have the tools in place. But the one man who they were in, like, who they were having the discussion with, he was like, yeah, but they don't want to do it because then they'll have to be held accountable. You know, exactly. <laughs> I was just about to say uh-huh. that. Uh, then in order to get that enacted, you first have to have to admit mm-hmm. that you have biases. Well, that's the thing. It's like even like, I mean, I guess they don't want like I, I, I guess I just uh, misconstrued what you said because you were saying, you know, they have to admit it would be the I guess the department admitting they have people. They, they but have it's people. Like it shouldn't even be. If they made it across the board, you know what I mean? It wouldn't even mm. be because every department's going to have it. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody's going to have it. Yeah. Because it's like, even if you're a black person, you could have biases. You know what I'm saying? And it, but it would just be different forms of what everybody has to specialize. You know what I mean? Like, everybody has a different maybe section they need to go into to work on their bias. You know what I mean? Um, mm. Like, I used to not really like dogs. Like... It's a fucking ugh. like ew. <laughs> I don't like dogs. That was my bias until my sister moved in with me and she had a dog. And now I'm like, oh, I love dogs. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's crazy. So that's that's a very gentle comparison, but yeah, no. you know what I it mean. It applies. <laughs> um, you said something just a few minutes ago. You had said um, the ideas that people hold on to are just just wrong. Like, you know, because they haven't been around black people. They don't know exactly how we are. And they're just operating off their biases. And then so it know, leaves what the media portrays of us doesn't help either. But obviously, anyway, anyway, continue. Did you see that Karen video? First of all, which, Karen's which gone one? wild. Karen's, <laughs> Karen's gone, gone wild on IG is, is fucking is, hilarious. It's a rabbit hole that I can go down to on a daily basis. <laughs> I need more videos. They need to be a yeah, little more active. I know more. there's more. <laughs> Expose um, them all, and they got Kevin's now. Kevin's going. Oh, they got Kevin's, yeah, going, Kevin's wild? going wild, and Karen's going wild. <laughs> okay. All right. You saw that it was the video of the lady in the store was confusing a Native American woman for a Mexican or something like that, and was telling them to get back to the country, oh, and then she slapped happened? her. I think so. I didn't know her actual race. I just know she was calling her a Mexican. Okay. Well, she slapped the shit out of him. Sure did. What, what's so hilarious is that. When she got slapped, she acted like that wasn't a reasonable response. I mean, they're shocked. They're just shocked. <laughs> like, how how dare you? How dare but you? But that's the thing me. too, because it's like they're waiting, like for you know, where are the authorities come take this person. Mm-hmm. You know, because how dare they? You know, not accept what I'm saying to them. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know if you saw. Are, I'm sorry. Don't forget what you're gonna say, but I just can't believe that but, people are still saying, "Go back to your country. We don't want you here." Oh my God, that shit is so old and tired. Like, mm-hmm. y'all, y'all. You sent me that video, and the woman was saying, like, even these built in responses. Oh, yeah. That they the just white generically. Fragility, um, yeah. The, Dr. D'Angelo. I think she's a doctor. D'Angelo. Yeah, she was saying even these responses are like, what? How did she word it? I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know. She just said basically, like, memorize the responses. She did, I was like on PBS, she did a talk um about white fragility it's a book that she wrote and just basically speaking on how fragile white people are to you calling them out on anything and for them to eat like the thought of them not being the center of everything is like mm-hmm. they just can't handle it it's like she's like it really doesn't take a lot to set white people off like it's it's kind of ridiculous <laughs> how delicate <laughs> <laughs> right you delicate as shit 
Y'all would not survive a day in our shoes. Absolutely not. (laughs) And that's why they're so afraid. Goodness. All right. But back to that video. A few days later, her husband recorded a video. No, I'm sorry. I'm just sorry. I just got annoyed. (laughs) Not at you, but you're like, that's why they wouldn't last a day in our shoes. Meanwhile, we wouldn't even do that shit to you. (laughs) We wouldn't even fucking do that. But continue. (laughs) All right. So this lady's husband comes out. And he was saying he's been dealing with this for quite some time. It's an undiagnosed mental issue. It's an undiagnosed mental issue. And, you know, at first glance, we're me and you were talking. You were like, I'm fake ass tears. Um, However, the the, man, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. As I sat with it, I just played devil's advocate a lot. And I go, well, what if this is true? And from what I understand racism to be, it's something that's rooted in falsehood. Uh, false ideas that people still hold on to and even when presented new information um, and shown reality they still cling on to these things so that in itself leads to a delusional perception of reality Mm -hmm. right so i know what delusion means and a lot of times delusion is a symptom of a of a mental illness so i wanted to look into this and lo and behold the internet yay you ever get mad when you think of something, you go and look it up and there's just mad information on it and you thought it might have been your original idea? <laughs> I be getting tight. <laughs> what? There's years what? and years what? of research on this? What? Doctors? <laughs> <laughs> right? So I wanted to look into, like, like, why isn't extreme racism a mental illness? It should be. Seems like it has. Seems like it should be, right? Mm-hmm. So the American Psychiatric Association has never officially recognized extreme racism as opposed to ordinary prejudice. What's ordinary prejudice? Yeah, that's when you know you're living a in a fucking society, right? <laughs> just a little bit of assumption. <laughs> just a little bit, a little bit. You just you um, can assume a little bit. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate black people, but I don't like them. I don't want them. <laughs> I don't want them to you know walk on the same side of the street as me, but. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want my kids going to school with them. Yeah, like which, like how do we measure this? I don't know. Anyway. All right, so they never classified it as a mental health issue, Mm -hmm. although the question was raised more than 30 years ago after several racist killings in the civil rights era, Mm -hmm. a group of black psychiatrists sought to have extreme bigotry classified as a mental disorder. But the association rejected this argument because, get this, so many Americans are racist extreme racism in the country is normative and is a cultural problem rather than an indication of psychopathology i've never said psychopathology before (laughs) so crazy when psychiatrists recognize racism in america to the point where they can call it normative right um it seems like they're admitting that if they did classify that as a psychiatric issue you just have too many people to to treat they just mad because they don't want their whole group of people to be like, y'all right, are not niggas. Oh, up. I got the mental illness. Right. But that's real shit. And at the same time, you know, we are affected too with mental illness from having to deal with it. Mm. Yeah. It goes both ways. This whole country just has it's, a whole mental illness. Exactly. And like, you know, racism affects us horribly, obviously, but it also affects the, the, the oppressor as well. Mm-hmm. And they might not, and they half the time they don't even realize. Yeah, because it. it's like the fact that you can be, all right, let's just say, for instance, um, in Philly, there's a Columbus statue uh, by the riverfront, and they showed uh, people guarding it with semi automatic rifles. 
Um, because, you know, of course, that is probably been getting graffitied and stuff. And, you know, there's statues being knocked down all over the place or being taken down. So they were making sure nobody came to mess up that statue of Columbus. Uh-huh. Who has never set foot in America. Now, granted, most of the people that were there were from South Philly. So most likely they're of Italian descent. Columbus mm-hmm. is also of Italian descent. So I, I understand the connection. But you know the history. Yeah. First of all, when they say he discovered America, he never stepped foot in North America. He was in Central and South America and the islands, more often Bahamas. So he really has no ties here. Um, But it's like for you to basically, you know what I mean? You're willing to put your life on the line all because this person honestly represents oppression. That's what you're sticking up for right now. Well, that's that's this goes more towards what I'm talking about. It's a and it's like you want to. Yeah. And it's like you want to protect any idea of anyone who caused atrocities against people of color. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, why? You see what they did. Like, I like that meme you posted where you were like, what, how did it go? I got to look it up now. Hold on. <sighs> it, was, it was so good. But yeah, I'm like, that's pathetic. It's, uh, if somebody kidnapped your child and sold them, where would you want us to put the statue of that person? Like, seriously, come on. It's like, cut it out. <laughs> You ever been around somebody who's having like a manic episode? Yeah. All logic goes out the window mm-hmm. and paranoia takes over, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with considering racism as normal is that it makes that legitimate. Clearly, anyone who can generalize a group of people in an effort to resolve their own internal conflicts meets the criteria for a delusional disorder. Well, yeah, that's why with the whole Columbus thing, I'm like, what do you need semi-automatic rifles for? Mm-hmm. If you're saying you're worried about somebody coming to spray paint, is that putting your life in danger? That's the only time you need to use a gun. If you feel like your life is being threatened. You know, it's like just the delusion. Like, it really makes no sense. <laughs> you know, I was listening to something, somebody, and they called, like, you know, all these guys going out there with tactical gear. They're like, this is cosplay. Like, seriously. This, this is cosplay. Ridiculous. Right? Um, I want to read this one part. Uh, in this same report, they found associations between highly prejudiced people and other indicators of psychopathology. Extreme racist delusions can also occur as a main symptom in other psychiatric disorders, such as schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. People suffering with delusions usually have serious social dysfunction that impairs their ability to work with others and maintain employment what happens to all these people that get ousted the first thing they do is you about to lose your job they lose their job, <laughs> you about to lose your job. <laughs> they lose their job no i wasn't right. on the joint the hip-hop harry <laughs> <That's it. laughs> who's lose next your job 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 yeah. <laughs> yo you know what's funny you know what's crazy what? um I got sent the article. Janelle sent me this article mm-hmm. and it was talking about that, that woman that was in that video. Mm-hmm. Ever since that video went viral, mm-hmm. her life like changed. Yeah, my She was able to fight her family again and like they had a donation page set up and yeah. she's getting her life back in order. She struggled with addiction, um, was, was escorting 
So, I don't know. That's a feel-good story. Um, Yeah, Kyle had sent me a video. She had went live and spoke for about 30 minutes and was just talking about everything. And she got really emotional at the end because, like, she she was just getting out of that life. Like, she was still in the life, like, basically when that video came out. So, yeah, yeah, that GoFundMe and everything, like, really changed her life around, helped her get off the streets. And like you said, like, reconnected with her family. Um, so that was really nice to see. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like we, we jumping all over the place, but I no, feel okay. like. We're still talking uh, about the mental illness. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the article ended uh, with advocating for the American Psychiatric Association Association to designate extreme racism as a mental health problem by recognizing it as a delusional psychotic system. Persons afflicted with such a psychopathology represent an immediate danger to themselves and others. Okay. Right. Thank you. Uh, clinicians need guidelines for how to recognize uh, these delusional racist yo, shit. I, yo, I love this virtual reality idea. Like, yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> just throw them in there. See I'm how they respond. Throw them in there and see what they do. <laughs> put them they right in the middle in of there. a dance circle. <laughs> it's going to be like, a GTA. Put them, like, literally, put them in the middle of a dance circle. And if they start dancing. Or if they start like shooting, which one no, is no, it? No, <laughs> we can't the dancing. We can't the dancing. No, but no it's more just like dancing. the. I, I'm no. I'm just being funny. I know. I'm playing. But I'm, playing. I'm just saying, like, they're they're scared no matter what we're doing. Exactly. We can be smiling, having the best time. They're dangerous. What? <laughs> Damn. Or we can be minding our fucking business okay. and we're dangerous. Literally. Um, <laughs> I think I think racism is a public health crisis. Absolutely. That needs to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. And I hope I hope that conversation does become the normal. That article that you was just reading, what what year did that come out? I think it was two thousand like fifteen. Mm. So on. it's not like brand new. Uh, that that ain't that ain't that ain't good. I'm just like, damn. All right, you you wish that came out like yesterday. Yeah, because it's like <laughs> all right, years. I uh, am kind of happy of kind of the conversations that I am seeing being had, though. Oh, definitely. I can't. I can't be too upset. Nah, um, I mean they're finally happening all over the place. Mm. Um, they even re-released that white fragility um conversation because it was first it was edited down to nine minutes. They released the full seventeen minute one because they were like, oh, this surged up in popularity lately. <laughs> it's like, I mm-hmm. bet it did. <laughs> but I also wanted to touch on real quick. Um, in regards to um, the mental illness aspect, um, I'm sure many of you saw that video of the one young man who's a FedEx driver and he got one live and was really upset and crying. Um, it's hard. It was a little hard to tell at first if it was genuine. Uh, um, you know what I mean? Because it's like you want him to react a certain way. You know what I'm saying? Um, And then he brought up like, you know, that he has family members that are white, like his dad is white. I don't know if it's like a stepdad because he didn't look mixed, Uh, but he's just probably he was just in shock, it seemed. And he mostly, you know how like when you're really upset and you basically cry because you just feel helpless and it's like you have so much anger pent up inside. And a lot of people. All right. So I guess I should get the background. So basically he's from what he was saying. Um. He was out, I guess, I don't know, making a delivery and going back to his car or his truck. And then uh, someone pulled up alongside of him and um, almost hit him with the car and then rolled the window down and spit at him and called him a nigger and then peeled off. 
Um, so a lot of people are like, oh, you know, he's a punk. He crying. Oh, if that was me. Oh, he should have did this. That's the oh, response. Like, come if, on, I mean, that wasn't the whole. A I lot hate of the people, internet. So no, I know. A lot I hate the internet sometimes. Like, you know, they felt him. But I saw enough uh, at the same time people being like, oh, you should have. I would have did. You should have done a. What the fuck was he supposed to do, though? Realistically, what was he going to do? You would have been in that same position. You would have got spat on and called a nigger and been sat there mm-hmm. to deal with it. Especially, think about it. He's driving a big-ass FedEx truck. He ain't weaving. Yeah, you ain't weaving ain't. through no traffic to catch <laughs> nobody. Like, And then, granted, being that he already wasn't in his truck already. And I think he said the guy was like in a court, like he was like, it sounded like whatever, like a speedy type of car. I don't remember what kind of car he said it was, but it was a uh-huh. fast car. So the guy rolls down. It happens so fast. First of all, you almost get hit. So your heart's already racing because it's like, fuck, almost got hit. And then you get spit on and called a nigger. It all happens so fast and the guy peels off. So first of all, you're dealing with what just happened. You know what I mean? You're internalized like, oh, my God, what just happened? You, what are you going to do, chase him on foot? And even by the time you're not going to you're not going to catch him on foot. And then even if you got back into your truck and tried to catch him, you still weren't going to catch him. You know what I mean? It would have took too much time. Mm. And the truck just isn't as you know, it doesn't have that handling like a small car. I think whoever's saying that doesn't realize that those tears ain't from hurt. Those tears is because I can't deal with the situation. I feel like like he wanted to fuck. No, exactly. Because it's like you can't in that moment. What can you do? And then it's just like you're disgusted that it even happened. And you're just like, wow, that really happened to me. And like you said, it's helplessness. You can't do nothing. Mm -hmm. All you can do is feel the emotion. And I mean, as corny as some people might have thought it was, I did like to see that. You know what I mean? That he was willing to at least put himself out there because this shit affects us. Mm. imagine how many times people have cried after things like this have happened we just don't see it and that's the thing too what we were talking about before is like us being black people we don't like to show emotions you know what i mean because we always have to seem like we're not weak because these things happen to us but guess Mm. what no matter how tough of a front we put up this shit still happens so why are you judging someone off of how they react i just hate shoulda coulda woulda ass niggas like i hate that shit because it's like realistically put yourself in someone else's shoes i hate when people just you know just so casually say what they would have done instead of really looking at the situation at hand of what happened yeah i mean everybody would have done something if you're looking back at it exactly what would you have done there was literally nothing for him to do but be upset unfortunately and maybe it's he would have got the tag number but there's no way he could have risked losing his job by driving recklessly, he could have gotten an accident, you know what I mean? Upset, trying to chase this guy and possibly harm to other people. Mm. Like, this ain't GTA. Like, stop. Can't just hop in the car and, like, hop in the whip and start going crazy. Like, that's just not possible. And it's just really unfortunate um, that this is happening. And it, it really does mess with us as much as, you know, I guess people who are not black may think that we're we're used to it we're not used to this you never get used to it it should never be something that yeah that you get used you to. never get used to this type of shit it hurts every time it's something we just gotta fight through mm-hmm. or we've had to fight through for the longest yeah. despite on right despite the the mentality or mm-hmm. or, or the mental yeah uh, but capacity please don't think yeah please don't think even if we ain't posting about every single occurrence that happens we do get a little numb to it because how else yeah. can we function Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We can't react to every single thing that happens, but it it, still it gotta all go affects out there. us. It affects yeah. us tremendously. 
Um, we already at an hour. Oh, jeez, Louise. Um, hmm. Did you have anything else? I'm trying to think. There's so much that's going on. Was that it on your history of police? <laughs> yeah, that was it. I hope it was clear. What do you think? I mean, if you want to speak on like Camden, for and maybe anyone who doesn't know oh, about yeah. Camden. Oh yeah. So so last week, uh, last episode, I was saying how I didn't see how defunding the police could solve the problem, and I was saying Did that say not that? really understanding, uh, exactly what they were that. talking about. You said what? I don't remember you saying that. I did say that. Oh. I said I didn't know how it would solve the problem. Oh, okay. But um, now that I have more understanding of it, I'm changing my tune because I was presented with new information. Mm-hmm. And when I get presented with new information, I change my logic on it because <laughs> right. that is a sign of a sane person. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Right. right? <laughs> um, so in Camden, New Jersey, uh, they actually... They actually did that. They had a huge. Hold on, I'm trying to get to the information. No, you're good. I really wondered too because when I first moved to Philadelphia, it was 2005, and I didn't know. I'm not from this region. I don't know nothing about it, right? And I just all I know was Camden. Stay the fuck away from Camden. <laughs> I just always heard Camden, and I'm just like, damn, it must be really bad. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, you didn't hear about it no more. And I always wondered, yeah. like, what what happened. All right, so um, in Camden, New Jersey, it's a little background. Camden, New Jersey was one of the nation's most dangerous cities. In 2012, Honduras was the most violent country on earth, and Camden's murder rate exceeded that. Three out of the last seven city mayors ended up in federal prison. Mm. That's that corruption we talked about. Yeah, what they do. Right? <laughs> uh, there was high unemployment, low graduation rate, uh, prevalent drug use, and high crime. But in 2012, Camden completely eliminated and rebuilt their police force. Every single officer was fired. New psych tests and requirements were issued in order to be rehired. Use of force policy was revamped with input from the ACLU and academics. Uh, emphasis on de-escalation training and focus on firing their gun as little as possible was the priority. Community involvement and engagement allowed humanization on both sides to occur humanization Um, humanization and that goes both ways does go both ways what you mean uh meaning when they say on both sides it's humanization of the people of course but also humanization of the police so you're changing that interaction so the public doesn't view the police as an occupying force and more as humans and vice versa you uh yeah, the police but more importantly it needs to be from the police's uh, and i mean it's the same you gotta obviously change the, we see that yeah. they're people but we don't have any power mm-hmm. like they do uh here's some more every single officer was fired uh oh no that's the same one uh brutality numbers started to decrease over time last year i'm not sure when this was but anyway Mm -hmm. a year there were only three excessive force complaints against the camden police department solve rates in murder cases increased from 16 percent to 61 percent goddamn uh gun seizures increased overall Camden crime was lowered by 40%. Uh, it can be done. Uh, we must defund the police. I'm reading this. This is not my word. <laughs> 54% <Exactly>. of, the <laughs> 54% of LA's uh, city budget goes to the LAPD. We need to demand, this is, I guess this is LA specifically. Uh, we need to demand Mayor Garcetti cuts 
this budget to reallocate the funds to housing, child care, healthy food, clean air, water, pandemic recovery and reimagined public safety. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like money, we can disperse this money in different ways to help build the community. What you want is less poverty. yo. I feel like with less poverty, I feel like with more opportunities in these places, inevitably time uh crime and stuff's going to go down I mean, it's that's, gonna take that's time what makes the most sense but no yeah. let's just keep mm-hmm. throwing in more cops to deal with the crime well you're throwing in if, if we learn anything from our little spiel earlier they're throwing in more cops to deal with the crime because they're not actually policing crime exactly they're just they're trying just to reacting. keep the status they're reacting they're trying to keep along the status with yeah quo. along with <laughs> making their quotas which is just exactly. wild exactly so i don't know i think i think the system as it stands cannot continue the way it has been. I mean, there's just no did way. Did you state that it hasn't been reformed at all since the beginning? No, there's no major reform that that's been done. Never since when did it first begin? In the 1600s? Did you 1600s? say 1600s? Like the like the primitive form of it was back in 1626. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. So I mean, everything's changed around it. The world's changed vastly. Yeah, the civil rights era, all this shit. But that's been the one thing that's been allowed to stay pretty much the same. It just sounds crazy. And this this goes, this doesn't just go for policing too. This goes to politics, bro. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, this goes for the entire system. Yeah. The entire system is fucked. You got to throw it away. You got to reconstruct it. You need it. to rewrite the whole constitution as well while they're at it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. Y- y'all got a lot of work to do. Right? <laughs> we still have a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, was there anything else you wanted to get into? I don't think so. I think that's enough. Um, we didn't talk about apps. What apps? Attention spins. Oh, jeez. I <laughs> will save it. Why? Why even get into you it? You already talked about. Basically, we're just talking about how we're trying to keep up to date with everything going on right now, and everybody is releasing such good information, but it's like. Oh my God, I'm tired of watching all these long ass videos. I'm trying to keep up. And it's like some apps are easier to watch these long videos than others. <laughs> yeah, I, I was telling Britt, like, if you send me a video on IGTV and that video is more than three, four minutes long, I, I can't do it. Now, if that same video gets sent to me on YouTube for some reason, it still works for me. Like, I, know. I can watch it on YouTube. I, think I can't do it on it's just more user-friendly, too, because it's like you can save it for later. You can easily pause it. Like, Instagram, you close it, that shit might not even load back up. You on, you're right, just back on your home. Forever. Yeah, like, God damn it. Don't you hate when you see that post and then, like, your, your page automatically refreshed and that shit's just gone in the abyss? disrespectful. It really is disrespectful. <laughs> really is. I get so upset. Now, I will say, um, I don't know if we're going to be here next week, guys. Um, My birthday is on Friday. It's her birthday. Along with my sister Raven. Happy birthday, Raven. Um, and it's also Juneteenth. So yay. Um, I hope all you beautiful black people find some sort of Juneteenth uh, you know, something to d- celebrate in some way. Shit. Mm-hmm. Even if it I don't know. You know what I niggas, mean? Niggas like finally like I don't know, Juneteenth's been a thing for what do you say, the last like four or five four or five years? No, it's been a it's thing always forever. been a thing, but like I feel like it's it's 
I don't know, it's just being more known about. Well, I mean, or, given the current situation of what's going on has definitely amplified it. It just sucks that we're in yeah, quarantine I only said that. because Philadelphia has a festival every single year. It's been canceled this year. So pretty much people are doing virtual festivals or just like personal get togethers. Um, but I mean, even if you're by yourself, I guess, you know what I mean? I think the most important thing is the intention and the acknowledgement for the day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If anything, you're still putting your energy out there um, in remembrance to everything that we've gone through, um, recognizing the day. Because, like you said, many, many times the day just goes by and you don't even realize what the day means. Um, so I don't know what I'm be doing because that's also Father's Day weekend. So yeah. we might be here. On. We might not. So just a heads up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's good we give them a heads up. Yeah, uh, I, just I don't know what I'm up. doing for my birthday slash Juneteenth. So y'all better say no happy birthday to her. I ain't playing, yo. If I put a post up celebrating Brit's birthday, I ain't fucking playing. <laughs> I need yo. I ain't playing. I ain't playing no more, yo. Y'all better like that shit. I think I think they'll say happy birthday to me. They better. Okay. It ain't happening if it ain't under the post. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want. I don't want them going straight to your DM. Oh, they can send it to the DM, <laughs> or you can just mentally oh, just tell me up, happy birthday, Britain. I huh? looked up in Pride too. Uh, uh, how do people celebrate June Juneteenth? Mm-hmm. Watermelon and red soda water are the oldest traditional foods. Oh on, well, let's on, talk um, about watermelon real quick. <laughs> watermelon. We're gonna talk about watermelon real quick. That shit had me tight. Now, uh, there's all, hold on, before we go, there's always black. been soul food served, fried chicken, barbecue, greens, black eyed peas. So make all that shit on Juneteenth. That's how you observe it. What eat do you make? Shit. You uh, said soul food. Just soul food, food fried chicken, barbecue, the, <laughs> We eat greens. that all the time anyway. I know. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Let me find this damn post because this shit had me tight because I love watermelon and you motherfuckers just be ruining shit. Well, let me see if I can find it real quick so I don't I'm not just making up stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it? I'm at? still trying to see how is it celebrated. Hold on. Oh, okay. I'm clicking on another link. You can keep looking. Sorry, y'all. This is one of the things that didn't happen in our pre production. Yeah, so. whatever. They are. Right. right. Y'all can wait. Shit. Or you can turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> you made it this far. You might as well finish it, right? <laughs> Uh, in 1866, the year after Granger's order, the first Juneteenth celebration happened. Since then, celebrations in certain regions of the United States have continued the tradition of honoring this important day. In 1872, a group of former slaves put together $800, purchased 10 acres of land in Houston, uh, Texas. Yeah, that is where it started. I knew that in Texas. Yeah, Houston, mm-hmm. Texas, for the city's annual Juneteenth celebration. They named the space Emancipation Park, where Juneteenth celebrations are held to even now, year after year, smallpox of the United States have erupted in celebration on the day when everybody in the U.S. was declared free. See, that's that's the misleading shit. <laughs> what, for the them to say everybody shit. was declared free? Yeah, that's yeah. the misleading shit. It's like, not really, but... It didn't really tell me. <laughs> uh, they're saying festivals, parades, storytellings, picnics, barbecues, red drinks, and red foods uh, with red symbolizing uh resilient so yeah rock something red <laughs> rock something red talk to your your elders see if they have stories to tell you yeah right that is a good idea on that day definitely reach out to any elders that you may have in your life and trade like 
listen to their stories. That is really cool. Yeah. I I know my my one friend um Will, he's putting together something. He's out in California and they're putting together like a day celebration uh for Juneteenth. So, if you are looking for something to do, um you can go to his page. It's it, his page is at its will Toussaint, T O U S S A I N T. Um so he reached out to me um telling me about it and it sounded really really cool. But um oh the watermelon thing. Right. Let me get back the to that. Watermelon. So I got mad because so basically, you know, I mean, I know not all black people love watermelon, but uh, most of us do. Asians do. Shit, white people do too. But we're the mm-hmm. only ones who have the negative stereotype, you know, associated with watermelon. To the point where you can't even eat watermelon in public without feeling a little, you know, like, what if they looking at me and making, you know, assumptions. All right. So the history of the watermelon stereotype basically says after slaves were emancipated, black people grew, ate and sold watermelons and in doing so made the fruit a symbol of their freedom. They had grown and eaten watermelons during slavery. But now when they did so, it was a threat to racial order to whites. It seemed as if blacks were flaunting their newfound freedom. Mm. <laughs> from what with watermelon newspapers amplified this association between the watermelon and the free black person the primary message of the watermelon stereotype was that black people were not ready for freedom what the 1915 white supremacist film the birth of a nation included a watermelon feast and its depiction of emancipation as corrupt northern whites encouraged the former slaves to stop working and enjoy some watermelon instead <laughs> I gotcha. I can't. I can't. Like, it's just, it's fucking ridiculous. But, you know, when we got free, we made money off of doing what we fucking knew how to do, which was to grow stuff. Mm. You know, that's what we did. We were farmers. So, because we found success in growing watermelons and making sure we had them good sweet ones too, y'all want to turn that into something negative. How y'all ruin fruit? Right. It says there is nothing inherently racist about watermelons, but cultural symbols have roots in real historical struggles. In the case of the watermelon, white people's fear of the emancipated black body. Whites use the stereotype to denigrate black people to take something they were using to further their own freedom and make it an object of ridicule. And we still see that today with cultural appropriation. When we do shit, it's ghetto and, you know, unsightly and uh. But then when the general public catches on, it's high fashion and cool and all these other things. You know, mm. we still see that happening today. Soon as we come up with something, you know, you have to say bad things about it and try to tear it down until, you know, the, everybody else is able to somehow find a way to take credit for it. Then it's OK. So that made me really mad because I didn't know. I never knew where the stereotype came from. And I, I, I didn't know that, you know what I mean? Black people were finding success in growing and selling these and, you know what I mean? Making a living for themselves. You know, the only way they knew how in the beginning mm. stages of freedom from slavery. So I'm just like, that's so trifling. Like, y'all just make me <laughs> sick. Y'all make me <laughs> sick. Make me fucking sick. <laughs> All right, y'all. I think we good. She, we she over here twisting. She over, over here, here twisting up her, I'm her wine listen. bottle. It ain't my wine bottle. I'm aerating this glass of Merlot. Okay, it needs it needs a little air up in this. All right. She's she's aerating it, y'all. Mm-hmm. Sure am. He's smelling it. She's smelling. I did it too. not. I set it down. Shut they up. don't know that. I'm saying. I hope they could hear me set the glass down because I just set it down. <laughs> I'm editing that out. How about that? 
you're not gonna even find it you're gonna be so tired <laughs> and just gonna put the episode out mistakes and all uh <laughs> let's go all right um thank you again for listening to the bz podcast uh goes without saying we appreciate all the support please share this to people share it with a friend if it's useful for you it can be useful for somebody else um we are going to keep continuing to put out good quality shit yeah and if there's anything you guys want us to touch on let us know yeah and if there's anything that get wrong please that we get wrong please let us know no, well yeah that too but at the same time if you <laughs> want us to touch on some topics let us know <laughs> uh, yeah definitely um so enjoy y'all week uh keep your head up stay prosperous love your family happy juneteenth happy juneteenth happy birthday brit thank you if we and uh we are out of here <laughs> Uh, happy Father's Day as well. Happy Father's, Father's Day. Happy birthday, Raven. Happy birthday, Vanessa. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Shout, shout out everybody, everybody. already. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, we're going to shout people out. If you want to shout out, reach out to us. Thank you. We'll I'm going to go. Hey, guys, on your next episode, make sure you say my name. Oh, shoot. I'll pull it off. Shit. Right. Like I'm with it. <laughs> um, enjoy y'all week, y'all. We love y'all. Bye. Peace.
you like it, you like it. I take caution off things again. Let you, yeah. I can't stop it. Toxic, I got no clue. I get lost in all the things that you do. She could change real soon. You could change. Right.